Rise up! Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Training camp is heating up, and I look at the calendar, and we've got less than three weeks away from actual real football. Man, I am super pumped. And I just wanted to give you all some of my observations and some notes, kind of what I've been seeing throughout camp. Camp's been uh, in full swing, and there's been some surprises, honestly. There's been some stuff that I knew it was coming or I projected. It's like, okay, I totally get that that's happening. But there have been some surprises in camp, and I'll go over a couple of those uh, today. Um so these are my surprises and observations for um, training camp. Well, first off, a little bit of news. Uh, you obviously probably already know this, but Javon Brown gets cut. What's interesting about this is that there was no money incentive. There's no cap incentive for cutting him. Um, he played nine games last year with the Falcons. Uh, in all my estimation, he actually played when he saw the field. He played better than Carpenter, and um, obviously there was no way that they could kept Carpenter and Jamal Brown. Their, their money was so similar that it, it made sense, money sense, yeah, to move on from one of them. Now he did have an injury this year. He come off the injury list. He had a concussion. He was in concussion protocol, and he came back from concussion protocol, and boom. They cut him, and there's been some speculation and some, I guess, some confirmation that Matt Hennessy is really getting some run at the left guard spot. Now, the way this is kind of all shaking out is that Matt Hennessy got drafted to be a center, but they're going to use their center of the future at left guard, is what it sounds like, and so that could be hairy down down the road but we're not worried about down the road because there is no down the road if they miss the playoffs this year dan quinn's this is the season dan quinn has to has to produce because they the back half of that last season they built some momentum they got their their coaching staff looking right they you know did they did the coaching carousel the round robin got everybody the right seat all the same personnel just Switch them all around so everybody they think everybody is in the right spot coaching the right people. So they're going to use it's between, according to stuff you read and articles and stuff, that is Matt Gano versus Matt Hennessy. And so Gano is a, a guard uh, by trade and he's been kind of being groomed as a guard. So basically, my thoughts are. This is interesting for the fact of just for the future because wouldn't you want Matt Hennessy being uh, learning behind uh, Alex Mack this year, like sitting in that room and and learning behind him and all the checks and all the calls because center is such a a crazy communication position where you have to call all the plays out 
and all the checks and kind of just being, you know, the center, obviously <laughs> the center of the offensive line. So I would rather Matt Hennessy, you know, be able to learn and be that tutelage because I would imagine this is Alex Mack's last year as being the center for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so he would be the heir apparent. But if they're so desperate at left guard and or he is so talented at left guard that you got to play him. I'm not with, you know, mortgage in the future or I I don't think it's a wise decision to obviously whoever plays best left guard needs to play the best left guard. If you get, you know, Grover in there, it don't matter who plays is in there. I don't care if they pick Young Way Koo to play left guard. The person who plays left guard the best in camp needs to be starting even if he is your guy that you've been grooming in Gano or it's your rookie that he's young and he's supposed to be your center of the future and Matt Hesse. So that's, that's very interesting to me. Um, and also, too, the cutting of Jamar Brown is, I mean, let's just face it. It was an admission of an error and an admission of we got that one wrong because he had plenty of money left on his contract and they cut him early. And so the, the Falcons are going to pay him for not being here. And so they, they brought these two veterans. They're trying to piecemeal this offensive line together. Like Thomas Dimitrov always does. And this one didn't work. Jamon Brown did not work out. Now, some of the stuff he couldn't control, control, control blah, blah, blah. Excuse me, concussion protocol and all that stuff. Uh, not stuff, but like, you know, injuries. Sometimes you can't control injuries. So, but paying him the amount of money that they paid him and the amount of years they paid him did not work. That was a poor choice. Dimitrov has had some poor choices. Um, but that was just an admission of, yeah, that one, that's, that's our bad. So them cutting him randomly too. So it wasn't like uh, no significant date attached to it or anything. Just woke up one day and say, "Hey, Jamal Brown got cut." So um, that was a very interesting piece of news. Obviously, that leads into Gano versus Hennessy um, at left guard. That's a big headline there, and another headline kind of going into. Um, into this training camp too is are the rookies how are the rookies doing and so the rookies by and large because i remember on a, a previous uh show uh a previous episode that i went through the rookie class you can go check that out kind of did a profile and breakdown of the rookie class and i've been i was kind of just bullish on them and i was really um excited and and because they picked so many versatile players that was the the, the theme I don't want to give too much away if you want to go check that episode out. Um, but the theme of the, the draft was definitely versatility. Um, and positions of need because they drafted everything. There's no flash. There was nothing flashy about this draft, but it was like, you know, stuff they needed. And they, they had versatility and speed. So just go down the list. ADHRL, just kind of a report card for the rookies and what I've heard through um, just re articles and everything else because there's very limited uh, media available in rookie camp or, or actually training camp. 
So um, AJ Terrell, there's a lot of there's some clips online. You know the Falcons have that he's running with the ones. He's going to be a starter. That was he, he picked in the top. You know uh, first round pick. You got to be a starter. You got to contribute. Uh, so AJ Terrell, and then do you hear his name a lot? A kind of surprising name that you hear um, a lot now is Michael Walker. I kind of projected Michael Walker is going to get some run with the first team offense, but his position that he plays is going to be a position that is not on the field at all times. Now he will play, my guess is going to play Sam linebacker, strong side linebacker, but his, that position might not be on the field at all the time because they like to play so many safeties and they like to play so many defensive backs. And that takes one linebacker away from that position group. You play nickel like 60% of the time. So that's kind of, like in the minutia there, a lot of numbers there, but just know that sometimes, they, so sometimes they have three linebackers on the field, which would be Deion Jones, uh, Oluokun, and Michael Walker if he's the starter. But in defense, it's the starting. I realized since that podcast that maybe starting was not a a good indicator of of the value they're going to bring to the Falcons. Maybe the, the, the identifier should have been contributing and and actually showing up in the stat sheet because Michael Walker, it's a good chance that they're going to start in nickel. So there's only going to be two linebackers on the field. That'll be Alukan and Deion Jones, and maybe they run three safeties with KZ. Um, so anyway, that's kind of got hung up on that, sorry. But uh, so they're talking about him a lot. He's he's found the ball. He's got some picks. Uh, he's they say he's got a nose for the ball, just uh, working hard out there, which is awesome to hear. And so, um, I I really liked that pick, and they gave him some depth, which they are probably the shallowest. I don't know if that's the opposite of well, I guess it is the opposite of depth. Um, would that be the opposite? It don't matter. Linebackers, they're, they're pretty pretty uh, shallow in depth. They've got uh, some other some other like free agent signings, but no like marquee names that you're going to come up with at linebacker. So if there's an injury, it's going to be a problem in my estimation. So Michael Walker, obviously, he, they, people have been talking about him, writing about him, and then Matt Hennessy. We just talked about. Matt Hennessy earlier in the episode that uh, at the left guard spot and or center, well, center's not up for grabs, but the left guard spot is. And um, something recently, like last, like yesterday, I think, or here recently, uh, Jalen Hawkins, is, uh, is his name's come up. That how he's looking, he, he's looking impressive. He's looking faster than the 40 time that he ran. So, you know, they, they clock your 40 and... Those times that you run, you get labeled as slow or adequate or whatever. But, you know, if you don't play fast, it don't matter. So hopefully he plays fast. And they said that uh, he's looking good. He's big. He's got a eye for the uh, a nose for the ball, the hawk back there. So he they say he's fitting in in the safety role. And it's another thing that I uh, just through reading a bunch of stuff and the conversation uh, Dave Archer and Kelsey uh, Conway went through and in the safety room 
they don't view each other as like who's the starter and who's sitting on the bench. So it's kind of all bring the same, all bring something different to the table, which is really good because safety you need that in that safety position because safety is a uh, position of depth for the Falcons. It's pro- um, I think it's their strong, their strongest uh, position group on the defense. Um, so just because you got Casey or that little start from the top. Obviously, Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, KZ. Those are your three ones right there. And they picked up Hawkins. That's number four. You got four safeties. Um, and Hawkins is going to uh, participate in special teams and teams. And then you've got another uh, Sherrod Smith. Is that? Don't let me. Don't let me butcher that. But there's another guy. There's five. But um, you got four right there that could probably see the field on an NFL team. So, like, that's really, really good. So, um, Hawkins has made headlines as well. So all these rookies are making headlines. It's not like a, and then Hoffrichter, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've heard anything out of him. He's the punter for the seventh round punter, but the guy that was in front of him, uh, Josh Allen, Allen, uh, doggone it. I can't remember the guy's name, but the punter for last year, he got cut. So I think it's a pretty clear cut path that Mr. Hoffrichter is going to start. But the one name that I haven't mentioned, he's our second-round pick. He's my favorite pick initially, and I haven't changed yet. But he's still kind of—he's making me nervous right now. It's Marlon Davidson. Marlon Davidson. You haven't heard anything wrote about him. You haven't had it. Oh man, he's the surprise of camp. Oh, he's dominating. Or you know, he's really showing out. He's working well with Grady. Nope, none of that because he is hurt. He's got a knee sprain and they're holding him back. So he has he's only he's missed I think three practices now. Don't quote me on that, but he's missed significant time. That's the important thing to note there. That he has missed significant time. And I don't know what the timetables are. There's not a lot of literature out there on the severity of his injury or if they're taking it easy on him or you know, he's a rookie, he needs to get out there. But I don't know any of that information. But I just know that I would like him to be, you know, be out there for sure. Um, so that's one, I mean, of your draft class, and you have that one who's on the, in, he's injured right now. That's pretty good. But um, I'm excited to see him um, suit up and wear number 90 and get after it. Because they say Grady's slimmed down even more. And uh, he's he's an animal. I'm looking to him to really take a jump this year. Is uh, not a surprise breakout player. All the stuff you hear, you know, whatever label you want to put on it, but like be an actual leader on this team. That's what they need is a leader that can teach other people how to how to practice and how to be disciplined. And so there's a lot. There was a lot of uh, penalties and dumb stuff that happened to the Falcons and like discipline sometimes gets lack uh, on the defense and really just on the the line itself. So uh, those are my kind of report card for the rookies, the rookie report card. And then a couple like questions I've asked myself or like observations that I wrote down that the, uh, the surprise of camp to me is clearly got to be Dante Fowler. Now they've paid Dante Fowler you know, starter money, and they gave him a pretty good contract. And he had 11 and a half sacks last night, 
last night. Wow. No, he did not have 11. He he might have had 11. Anyway, 11 and a half sacks last year. And, um, and they paid him for it. Now, I didn't realize he was going to come in and be so energetic. I don't know anything about Dante Fowler, except for when I read on the Internet. But they say, I keep saying they, the reports are coming out that Dante Fowler has really has breathed some energy into the defensive line and gave some, you know, give, is, is given some swagger, some, some, some energy to that line to where he's coming in. He's working hard. He's getting individual drills. He's first one in, last one out. All those cliches that you could throw out at him. But here's the thing. Him and Tack McKinley are doing one-on-ones with each other and learning with each other, and Tack is listening to Dante Fowler. That's what Tack said, that he was excited to work with Dante Fowler because he's actually learning stuff, and they're working on their craft together to set, you know, use the bull because Tack, is, his bread and butter is like that power of bull rush, and so if he just uses it all the time, it's the NFL. People are really good. If you use the same move all the time, it doesn't matter. It's the whole phrase, or I guess cliche too, but it's the phrase in the MLB. You know, major league hitters can time up a jet. If you throw in 107 straight down the middle every time, someone's going to time it up. Same thing with the bull rush. You might be good at it, but if you throw it every pitch, someone's going to hit it. And so having the secondary moves and set up your power, set up your speed, your your rip, your grip and rip and your swim moves and all that stuff, all that all that technical defensive end stuff that Dante Fowler and Tat McKinley have a chance of growing together and really bonding together and being able being a terror off the edge. So that's gonna obviously change everything. So at the end of the year the Falcons had the set back half of the the back half of the season. Falcons pass rush really came on. They had twenty one or twenty two sacks in the last eight games. So, uh, if you can double that, if you know this is really playing like like on paper, I guess you could, like if they had a really good year both sides of the year. Or in two halves, and they double that. Say they just double it. So, so 44, 44 sacks, and just give me 40. I mean, 40, you were talking, if you get 40 sacks in the year, you know, we're in the top 10, top 12 ish, the top third of the league. So, that's pretty, pretty good. And with that happening, you're going to have some create some takeaways. You're going to, it's just going to make the whole defense better, and they're going to. It's just going to make the team better and more smooth where the offense could eat and do their thing. But also, too, the, they'll be able to flip the field and, and, and get off, mainly get off the field. So that's been the problem. They would just get so close. So um, that's been a very big surprise of, of uh, Dante Fowler coming in and really grabbing the bull by the horns and showing leadership, I think that's what. I just expected him to be some guy. So come in, we'll pay some guy, come on in. But no, nah, I think he's I think he's gonna start. I mean, I'll say it here first. He's gonna become a fan favorite. Just because of the passion that he played with, plays with, and 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 just the zeal and wanting to 
to be better and all that stuff for the Falcons, I think he's going to find his way into the uh, fans' hearts. And that's going to be awesome. So just kind of revitalize his career and all that stuff. So that's a surprise for me. And then um, another surprise on the offensive offensive side is uh, Brian Hill. Brian Hill, I think, has gotten better again. And so I think he's coming out of the woodwork as being the the number two at running back. Todd Gurley is unequivocally number one, obviously. But he's going to be on a pitch count. They're going to wrap him in bubble wrap. They're not going to let it. He's already taken two practices off for load management if we're going to use that in the NFL. So they're going to wrap him in bubble wrap, in which they should. I have no problem. I don't, you know, Julio is a more of a timing thing. If Julio's position didn't revolve on mainly timing with another person throwing the ball, then I would wrap Julio and put him in the cryogenic chamber and put him on the sideline too. Because you need, he's always gimping, coming off the field, always got something going on. You get so nervous with him. You know, he's such a, a cheetah. <laughs> he's such a, you know, he's predicated on speeds and cuts and everything else. He's got a hip, he's got a foot. So, uh, anyway, with Todd Gurley being, you know, the, the prize possession there, running back one unequivocally and just uh, undoubtedly number one, their number two is up in there. You got Edo Smith, you got Brian Hill, and uh, I think you got another option. I can't think of his name right now. But Brian Hill, they say, is slimmed down some more. They say their ports are that. He's slimmed down some more, and uh, that he's learning to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's adding more dimensions to his game, which the first time he was with the Falcons, he did not add any dimensions to his game, which was cool to see because he got cut. He went to the Bengals, and the Bengals, uh, he came back to the Falcons for a second chance, and he became teachable. That's my guess is that he just wasn't teachable. He wouldn't... uh, he wasn't learning. He wasn't growing. There was no growth. And so they just moved on from him. But now he's come back. He's got a new a new lease on life, I guess. And so, well, that's been cool to see that kind of just to blossom that way. So I think Dante Fowler being my defensive surprise and then my offensive surprise is um, Brian Hill. So uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to play Marlon Davidson or when he's going to come back. Um, so kind of like notes or whatever, the Falcons do have a, a scrimmage coming up Friday. This coming up Friday, they'll play each other. I don't know what kind of coverage is going to be on that. I'll uh, do some research on that. Um, and I want to start getting these podcasts out uh, more frequently and more consistently. So um, I am aware of that. So we're just going to get this, just keep this thing rolling and keep writing and keep bringing you some entertaining Falcons news and some Falcons um, notes from from what I see and what I read. And, and uh, yeah, I really like it, and I hope y'all are liking it too. So I appreciate y'all Rise Up Radar family. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions, if you have any show suggestions, go ahead and drop them in the comment section. And uh, thank you for listening again. And until next time, rise up.